Welcome to Coffee with the College, a podcast brought to you by the American College of Healthcare Executives, Wisconsin chapter. Our goal is for listeners to find this podcast as relaxing as coffee with friends and just as comfortable as our guests and observers banter about on questions that are on all of our minds. If you've listened to these podcasts before, you're familiar with the format. I'm your host, Janet Schultz. I'm Chief Information Officer at a human services company called MyPath. Today, we have one observer, and that is Madeline Bushman, who is an operations manager in the Mayo Clinic Health System Department of Family Medicine. Would you like to say hello, Madeline? Yes. Thank you, Janet, for having me back on the podcast. And thank you for joining us, Marie. I'm really excited to dive into the discussion today on community economic development. Today, we'll talk about some non-healthcare topics like broadband access, transportation, and childcare that do significantly impact healthcare delivery, especially in rural communities. Our guest today is Marie Berry. Marie is Director of Economic Development for the Rural Wisconsin Health Cooperative. In 2021, the Health Cooperative launched a formal community economic development program, and we're looking forward to hearing some early lessons learned from Marie. Welcome, Marie. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here today. And we're excited to have you. So, Marie, um, we would like to get started with hearing some more background about your career path and your current role at the Rural Wisconsin Health Cooperative. Can you fill it? Fill us in on that a bit before we get rolling with uh, some insights from you today. Yeah, absolutely. So I started my career in the Wisconsin legislature. I worked for two different senators, um, mainly focusing on economic development policy. So I don't come from a healthcare background. I come from more of a policy and economic development background. Um, I knew politics was not the long-term plan for me. So um, I got a master's degree in economic development. And after that, I started looking for jobs in the field. And this job posting at RWHC was really interesting to me because it was so asset focused. I think so often when you talk about economic development or about rural communities as a whole, you always start conversations about what you don't have. But this was really different because it talked about um, a strength of a rural community, which is their hospital and how you could use that hospital to drive additional positive change. So that's what initially attracted me to the role. I originally am from Georgia. I moved to Wisconsin to go to college. Um, And Georgia, unfortunately, has had the third highest rate of rural hospital closures in the nation. So I've seen firsthand the effect that rural hospital closures can have on their communities. I have personal friends who would have loved to move back to their hometowns, but really had to think twice about that decision because if they wanted to start a family, there was no OB ward within an hour or two hours of their community. So I really appreciate the strength of rural Wisconsin's network of hospitals and the ability um, that this state has shown to preserve local access to healthcare in rural communities. And if you guys aren't familiar with RWHC, it is a true cooperative. So when the organization formed, my boss took um, dairy cooperative bylaws, crossed out farmer, and wrote in hospital. And today we have 45 members across Wisconsin from Platteville up to Ashland and over to Door County. And we provide a variety of um, shared services and advocacy to our members to help strengthen rural healthcare delivery. 
Marie, that's a fantastic flyover of your passion and your career. So thank you so much for that. And I have to say that on behalf of residents across Wisconsin, we appreciate hearing the passion that we've already gotten in your voice for the work that you do, because you are so right to note that those rural hospitals are keys to their communities. So Marie, with that background on your um career and your role at the role Wisconsin Healthcare Cooperative. Um, let's start a little bit by talking a little bit. Why do you think um, healthcare is being asked to the table for economic development discussions, um, such as broadband, transportation, and childcare? Yeah, so I say there's sort of two buckets of motivators. So the first is patient outcomes. Um, so we know that clinical care only accounts for 20% of health outcomes. However, social, physical, and economic factors like employment or income or housing, transportation, education account for more than 50% of health outcomes. So in order to really improve a health count, health outcomes of patients, hospitals have to look beyond solely providing clinical care. And then in addition, there's sort of the shift occurring within healthcare away from can we treat illness towards can we prevent illness from occurring. And this really requires, again, that hospitals get involved outside of clinical care. And then the second bucket of motivators, if you will, is financial sustainability. If you're not financially sustainable, you can't keep your doors open, and you're therefore unable to preserve local healthcare access for your community. Um, and some of the biggest challenges to financial sustainability sustainability are exactly what we see happening in our rural communities today. They have challenging payer mixes where um, commercially insured patients, there's fewer and fewer of them, and we see growth in the percentage of Medicare and Medicaid patients. In terms of demographics of rural communities, we see shrinking populations, which means lower volumes, aging populations, which means higher utilization and more chronic illness, and higher acuity of patients. So those are sort of the motivators for hospitals if, to get involved, if you will. Um, but this is also highly applicable within urban communities. I often think about my time in the legislature, Senator LaTanya Johnson would often quote on the floor, um, she represents an uh, urban community within Milwaukee that she represented the zip code that had the most Black men incarcerated per capita in the entire state. And we also see this in large discrepancies between lifespan and zip codes that may be only a stone's throw away. So these phenomena are definitely not rural specific and the same motivators exist for urban hospitals to get involved in local community and economic development work. With the discussions here, we talk about transportation and you had mentioned the you know aging populations or challenges around there. Can you give us a little more detail on what you have seen so far with hospitals uh, looking to to identify solutions for transportation for rural communities or urban communities as well? Yeah, transportation has been a big issue that our members have brought forward. Um, one of the first questions I always ask when hospitals say we need more transportation in our community is for who? Because I found you have to get really specific in order to make sure you're crafting a solution that meets the population with most need. So are you looking at elderly patients? Are you looking at disabled patients? Is it a specific geographic area that you're looking to serve? So being able to narrow down 
who exactly is most in need of that service is really helpful to craft the most effective solution. And then moving from there into what local partners exist who may already be doing this work that you can build off of. Um, And I have to say, I am continually impressed by the resourcefulness of our rural communities. Some of our hospitals have knit together networks of 24-hour service coverage that include hospital maintenance men driving vans, utilizing other local service organizations, having private taxis that they know they can call on specific hours. Um, And obviously, that's not an ideal solution, but it gets the job done in a situation where there otherwise wouldn't be a solution. Um, Some of our hospitals have actually began operating their own van services. Some partner with municipally owned services. So transportation has definitely been a hot topic among our members. We'll get into some other um, work efforts that I think you're doing with your cooperatives members. But um, do you care to comment at all about what you're seeing in terms of either innovations in broadband access or childcare or both? Yeah, so we can start with broadband. Um, This has been another really important topic, especially coming out of the pandemic, where we saw how essential it is for every household to have connectivity. So sometimes hospitals getting involved in broadband can look as simple as volunteering one of your IT professionals or information officers to participate in local broadband expansion efforts. For example, one of our hospital members used their chief information officer on a countywide broadband task force that was able to bring in $2.2 million in broadband expansion grants to their community to serve an area that currently doesn't have broadband access. Um, And while for the hospital, that was a relatively low commitment of just staff hours to a community effort for the community, that's a huge impact. Um, And in other areas, we've seen hospitals actually get together in a coalition in order to launch um, new Starlink Angel accounts. So if you guys aren't familiar with that technology, it's sort of an improved satellite delivery modem for um, broadband access within rural communities. So through both financial donations and time and coordinating efforts, they've been able to launch Starlink accounts in areas that previously didn't have them. Um, so those are the two examples to come that come to mind uh, for broadband, both um, able to get people connected that previously weren't, which is really important for those rural communities. Um, in terms of childcare, this has been another really hot topic. As anyone in healthcare knows right now, workforce is really challenging. So being able to support um, healthcare workforce in any way possible has been a priority of hospitals and um, childcare is one way to support your, support your workforce. Um, so for example, we had one of our members who had the only licensed childcare facility in their community close um, just after the pandemic began. And they were able to reopen that licensed childcare facility and bring that childcare capacity back to their community by essentially paying the lease on the building and providing maintenance support so that um, the individual could make the business financially float. Um, so that helped both their staff members and the community at large. And we have additional members, um, too, that I can think of off the top of my head that are trying to begin new child care facilities currently, um, one with a local partnership between the tech college, the school district, the university, and the hospital, and then another, um, the hospital themselves is looking to do it. So as anyone who has been involved in child care knows, the business model is really challenging. It's not flush with cash. 
cash. So when those local anchor institutions like hospitals are able to get involved and lend some of their resources, it can have a really positive impact on increasing childcare access and affordability in communities. Let's pause for a moment to thank our sponsors who make this podcast possible. And for that, we truly appreciate them. Our premier sponsors are Epstein Ewan Architects, HGA, and Hush Blackwell. Our preferred sponsors are Hall Render, Findorf, Nutanix, and Quarles and Brady. Maria, I love the specific examples you're giving, and I'm sure that there may be some podcast listeners that down the road might want to reach out to you to hear some more examples like that. Um, In the meantime, though, I do want to explore a little bit one of the services that the cooperative offers. And it's my understanding that one of your services is to offer assistance to rural healthcare providers in local economic development projects. So have you had any providers take you up on that offer to assist? And if you had, what are you learning? Yeah, I have, thankfully, um, because that's my job. So it's positive when people want to work on these projects. Um, But it's really reinforced one of my core beliefs, which is that economic development really has to be a grassroots activity. You're not going to succeed if you try to come in as an outsider and tell communities, this is what you should do and this is how you should do it. And so that has shown both in the variety of projects that our hospitals have been interested in working on in their communities, um, from more traditional things like childcare and broadband to things that I maybe did not think I would be working on in this role. For example, one of our hospitals within their community has launched a Latinx inclusion effort with other local employers as a workforce development strategy. So they're essentially working to make their community more friendly to that population in order to increase their local workforce. Um, And another item that our hospitals have been interested in um, is really illustrating both to local government and to local business leaders the economic effects of the hospital and why local business leaders, when they're choosing insurance plans or local government leaders, when they're thinking about the decisions they make, should really take into account the economic impact of the hospital, even if that's not where they receive their care. You had mentioned um, in one of the examples and the programs of being more um, uh, friendly to the uh, unique populations within those communities. And you mentioned the Latina community. How do you ensure that you have that voice at the table when you're developing those programs? Yeah, so that was the the first conversation essentially that occurred when this hospital reached out to some resources at the local university that helped with translation and other English as a second language services so they could connect them with service providers that were had experience with this population. Um, and they also reached out to other communities who'd had success. So individuals who pursued similar efforts and had seen them go well so they could learn from their experience and bring and some of their key players into their community to speak for that population. Fantastic. And you've already given so many great examples of the different projects that have been born out of these types of community collaborations with childcare, transportation, broadband. Um, are there any other, other projects that you truly connected with that you want to share with our listeners? 
I think the one thing we haven't talked about that's been really important to our members is housing. Um, housing shortages in rural communities affect both their workforce. You know, it's really challenging if you recruit a nurse or you recruit another staff member and then they go to look for a place to live within your community and there are literally zero houses for sale or apartments for rent. And it also impacts health outcomes, right? We know that housing stability is a huge determinant of health and individuals who don't have access to safe and affordable housing generally struggle with their health as well. Um, so on, on both sides of their operations, housing is really important to our members. One of the first things that I began working on when I stepped into this role, because it's what I heard the most about, and it's looked different in every community as to how hospitals have worked to address it. For example, one hospital who built on a green site sold through a connection with the local economic, the county economic development professional, their old hospital to a developer to be made into apartments. So that'll be a great asset to the community. large number of additional housing units within the community. Um, We had another hospital that donated an old building that they were no longer using that they acquired when they bought out a physician group um, to a local community development organization. And that community development organization is selling the building and then going to use the revenue from it to work on housing issues within the community. Um, And a number of our hospital leaders also sit on local economic development boards or organizations that are working on housing within their community, so are able to use that leadership position in order to move the community forward towards solutions on housing. Thanks for bringing up that fourth topic, Marie. It certainly is something that a number of organizations are grappling with. Um, And that one is a really tough one because there's so many layers to it. You now have some runway behind you, hopefully a lot of runway ahead of you in terms of this work, right? So what advice would you give to healthcare systems who want to have a greater impact on the communities they serve? The first thing that I think I would say is don't reinvent the wheel. So do a really solid scan of who is already working on issues that you're interested in within your community. And look to how you can add to their efforts, partner with them, expand off the work that they're already doing. Um, And chances are they have a lot of knowledge and experience that you can learn from so that you're not starting from the beginning, but can build off of the work that they've already been doing. However, my next piece of advice would pretty much directly counter that, which is sometimes, especially in rural communities, there might not be any existing work occurring. Um, And it can be a little intimidating to get into an area that you maybe haven't worked in before, like childcare, for example. So don't be afraid to step out of your comfort zone and be a leader for your community if um, there is not already a work occurring work occurring. Um, And it really empower your employees who are integrated into the local community, whether they serve on the school board or volunteer with a service organization to take on leadership roles and use that community knowledge they have to benefit the hospital in a new endeavor. Um, And the second piece of advice I have is to be collaborative. So sometimes it takes different leadership skills to be successful in a community setting. It can be challenging to adapt It works best if hospitals work as part of the larger community um, and increase the community's capacity to handle challenging issues. Those are great words of wisdom, Marie. Thank you. Madeline, you just, uh, did you have a question you wanted to ask? Oh, well, it was more of a comment. You had had mentioned taking a different leadership 
approach. And I was, you know, the thought that had came come to mind was, you know, leaving your title at the door. We hear that a lot in leadership. Marie, you kind of alluded to this before that, um, um, and I loved how you stated it in your opening that you were drawn to your role because it was asset focused rather than focused on what wasn't happening, right? And so this question comes from that perspective. What makes you hopeful about the future of this work? So much. I am a uh, diehard optimist, so (laughs) I have a lot to say about that. Um, But I think especially coming out of the pandemic, our society as a whole, even outside of healthcare, no longer sees the issues of health or economic stability or childcare, for example, as siloed and separate from each other. We really see them as interconnected and understand better how they affect each other. And I think that that acknowledgement alone can really lead to faster progress on addressing economic challenges in communities. So many of these hidden issues, if you will, were really laid wide open for everyone to see. And I think just that awareness will bring really positive change. And additionally, working in rural communities, I'll say that it just is logical to have everyone working together. Often there are a limited number of resources. So the more people that you can get working working together on the same issue, the faster you're going to get to a positive change for that community. Um, I often say that part of my job is essentially building a bridge between the economic development field and the healthcare field. Both are working towards similar outcomes of healthier communities. They just define them differently. Healthcare may think of a healthier community in terms of lower obesity rates, while economic development potentially thinks about higher property um, tax values. So when these two fields begin working together within a community, you're able to unite more resources and make more positive change while both fields feel as though they're reaching their stated goals. Marie, you had talked about limited resources. What does the program offer as far as a toolkit for members to use with implementing these strategies? Absolutely. So unfortunately, we don't have like financial resources available for our members currently. Um, We have sort of acted as an intermediary. So we do have a 501c3 nonprofit arm and have been able to do some of the legwork, if you will, in grant applications and then pass those funds through to members projects so that um, sort of additional capacity added to their efforts. Um, Hopefully, maybe in the future, we'll have additional financial resources to be able to lend to our members' efforts, but unfortunately, that's not the reality currently. Um, In addition to financial resources, though, often one of the limiting factors can just be people power, um, and that is one of the things that I help to contribute to our members, hopefully, is additional um, people power. So, Marie, you've talked to us a little bit about your career path that brought you, thank you so much, from Georgia to Wisconsin. Um, So can you talk a little bit more now about the actual role that you hold at the Rural Wisconsin Health Cooperative? 
Yeah, so my role is new to the cooperative. I started in February of 2021, and I'm the first person to hold this role. So my boss would tell you that sort of over a period of five years, they began to really see the strengthening connection between rural economic development and healthcare. Um, And they initially pursued a grant in order to create my program and position. And unfortunately, we're not funded. However, then we're able to take the work plan and research they'd sort of done in preparation for that grant and find private philanthropic funding to launch the program. Um, So the shortest description of why my role exists is that rural hospitals can only be as economically viable as their rural communities. So if you have an aging and shrinking population or high poverty rates, it's really challenging for a hospital to succeed in those conditions. So my role is to help our hospitals um, with local economic development efforts outside of their four walls and to build a bridge between the two fields of economic development and healthcare. That sounds like a very inspiring role, Marie, and also a very challenging role. And we're so glad that the Rural Wisconsin Health Cooperative found a way to make it possible on behalf of uh, the patients and residents of our state. So, Marie, we're winding down here in terms of our time together. And uh, Madeline and I and all of our listeners would like to thank you so much for giving us kind of a sampler of what's possible when you take an asset-minded approach to uh, this kind of community economic development work. I can well imagine that some listeners to this podcast will want to perhaps pick your brain some more. Um, So for those that are interested in that, uh, I know I personally found Marie's email address on the Rural Wisconsin Healthcare Cooperative website or the Rural Wisconsin Health Cooperative website. So please do feel free to check that out. To wrap us up today, in addition to saying thank you to Marie, I'd like to just take uh, a moment to share a couple of key takeaways um, from today's discussion. Two things that I really circled in my notes, and one is, boy, our rural hospitals are a gift. (laughs) And you're telling the story about comparing the Wisconsin experience to that of Georgia really hit home with me. And I hope that other listeners to the podcast realize that as healthcare leaders, we all have a stake in helping our rural hospitals succeed. So thank you for the very eloquent reminders of that, Marie. And then secondly, um, the other word I wrote down as you were talking about your tips for how healthcare systems could engage was the word synergy. You highlighted the fact that it's about um, synergy of ideas. It's about synergy of leadership. Um, I thought it was a great reminder that we as the healthcare leaders, um, we should seek to be co-heroes for our communities with our communities in creating solutions for the kinds of needs we talked about today. So you gave some great tips and great reminders, Marie, and we thank you for that and wish you all the best in your continuing efforts to keep our communities strong. Thank you guys so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And to any listeners that want to reach out, please feel free to shoot me an email. I'd be happy to talk further with you. 